Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What's up, church? How are we all today? How is everyone doing in this lovely, lovely day? Fantastic. That is good to hear. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be a topic that has been on my mind lately. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I we went to, I don't know why I'm yelling into the microphone. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Starting off with a banger. Um, so we recently, I was recently with some friends and family on a, tri- on a trip. It was a really cool trip, but I kind of overheard a conversation that bummed me out. And I've been, I've been thinking about it since uh, in more or less terms. And just to give you the kind of background setting, it's what is it when your spouse is unequally yoked? Like when the person you're with does not have the same spiritual thoughts you do. Like, I mean, plain and simple, like you're a believer and they're not. Um, unfortunately, Sho and I don't have that issue. Um, I think that's kind of the thing that Sho and I, the best part of our relationship is our faith. Easily the best part of our relationship is our faith and our desire to go after the Lord. And so that becomes an amazing partnership because we're both on it. And if one of us isn't on it, the other person's always there to kind of move that person forward. We're moving each other forward. That we're praying over each other. There's just so much blessing that comes from the fact that my my wife is on fire and I'm on fire. It's just awesome to be in that space. And like being around families, like in our community, there's so many couples that we know of that are friends that are both like that. Like both the husband and the wife are just about the Lord. They're about the kingdom and it makes life so much easier. It makes life so much better. It makes doing things so much easier and so much better. There's no conflict on on, on situations because you both know the word. So whenever something comes towards you or us or them or whatever, it's a very easy thing to navigate, you know, whereas if you don't have that, that, you know, every, every situation can become an obstacle. You know, if you see something as clearly going against the word of God, it's a no, it, it should be a no. I hope it's a no, um, for, you know, it's mostly no, <laughs> except them cupcakes. Um, no. So like, it's a no. Whereas if you are, have a partner who is not unequally yoked, then their behavior isn't directed by the Holy spirit. They don't have that desire to please the Lord. So they have a desire for their flesh. I mean, they, they will probably have a love for you, but their love for themselves will most likely win. And so you're going to be in a situation where it's compromising. And so that's a weird prelude, but we, I was listening to two people who are not believers discuss what it's like to be with partners that are. And just, it kind of broke my heart. Hearing people that I, these are two people that I truly love and care about. 
Like these are not people that are, are strangers to me. These are people that I, I really, I, you know, I have a heart for. They're great. I've known them for a long, 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 long time. And they've been important to me for a long, 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 long time. And they're people that I truly value and care about and love and that I truly want to see in heaven. Like that's what it boils down to. I truly want to see the Lord work in their life and for them to have a desire to be in relationship and fellowship and to be with the Lord. But that is not where they're at. Plain and simple. That that is not where they're at. And when you hear them talk, it was the, I don't want to hear it perspective. Like, don't, like, you know, like, don't bother me with it. If you, if you want our relationship to work, you're going to leave me alone about this. Like that was the, almost the driving force. Like you can do whatever you want to do, but don't bring this nonsense to me. I'm not down with it. I don't want to be a part of it. You know, check that at the door. And it just rung true the idea of hardening a heart. And, and I was talking to show about it a little bit. I was like, you know, I, I, and I, the problem is I, not the problem, I guess, is the, the perspective I have is I lived so much of my adult life in willful sin. I lived a significant majority of my adult life in a place of willful disobedience. And my heart was totally cold. I hardened my heart. And I was trying to think about it like analytically, like what is that process like? You know, how does it start? And and I think it starts from conviction. I think it starts when you know what you should do and you're not doing it. Immediately there is that there's that desire to avoid correction. Because no one no one wants to be corrected. Like no one wants to be scolded or, you know, have that Holy Spirit check like, ah, you know. Especially if you're the one, if you're leaning into the sin, if you're leaning into the lifestyle, whatever that thing is, and you're willfully doing it, willfully being like, ah, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to indulge my flesh here. If you don't have a relationship, if you don't have a community, if you don't, if you're not in the word, if you're not doing those things, then the first time or two, that might seem like a real issue. Like, oh man, I really messed up. And there might be a repentant heart there. There might be, there might be, but the farther you stay away, the farther you starve your spirit from, from counsel, correction, fellowship, all those things. Well, that sin becomes more and more likely to be engaged in. You know, I did it. I did it. It wasn't a, I didn't fall off the cliff overnight. It was a slow fade. And you slowly avoid correction. You know, you avoid the, the reality of your sin and you, you kind of just want to stay away from it. So you don't want to hear someone correct you. You don't want to hear someone put God in your face because it's a convicting sound. It hurts. Like when someone's like, Hey, you probably shouldn't be living like that. You know better. You know the Lord or you say, you know the Lord, then, then your behavior should, should indicate that. And so when someone corrects you, it, it, ah, you don't want to hear it. But then that desire to avoid correction evolves into just a hardened heart of not wanting to hear anything. And that's kind of what you always hear about, like the hardening of the heart. I mean, there's so many scriptures about it. Like, I think um, I was pulling it up, like, like how many scriptures are there about hardening of the heart? Like, there's so many. I didn't do a, a hard count. <laughs> See what I did there? But like Ephesians 4.18, I think is a great one. They are darkened in their understanding, 
alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is that that is in them due to their hardness of heart. You know, I, I think that's that's crazy to hear that, but like you turn off, you you turn it off. You make a willful decision to turn it off. You know, I think 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4 is probably the most accurate of what today is like. And it says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come, there will come, ah, man, I just have a hard time speaking sometimes. Reading for me is so weird. (laughs) Reading out loud is so weird. If I quietly read, I can read like a champ. But when I read out loud, for some reason, my tongue becomes slightly dyslexic and I can't do it. Is, Is that anybody else like that? Like I can read quietly to myself and like just great, 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 receive it. But the second I try to commit volume to it, it comes out so weird. It's, I don't know what's going on. 43 and I'm like, reading out loud is the weirdest thing for me. I digress. Um, Second Timothy three, one through four. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure and rather than lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And all of this is what becomes the hardened of hearts because they will do those things. You know, Matthew 13, uh, Matthew 13, 14 to 15. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of of Isaiah will be fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For, these, for, the, for this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears, they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and ear, hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, I would heal them. So going into Timothy, like what, the, what they prioritize, it's got to sound like, like nails on a chalkboard, the word of God. Like nail, it has to be so against the grain for them to hear the word of God when you are lover of self, lover of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. I mean, that is what we're in. That is what you learn. Like that was, okay, like again, full stop. That was me. I was a lover of self. I was a lover of money. I was proud. I was arrogant. I was abusive. I was disobedient to the way I was raised. I was ungrateful for my blessings. I was living an unholy life. I was heartless. I didn't care about anything. I was unappeasable. My my flesh was unappeasable. There was no limit. I was slanderous. I so wicked with my tongue. Without self-control, I had none. I had none. I was brutal. I was not loving good. I was treacherous. I was reckless. I was swollen with conceit. And I was a lover of my own pleasure. And I had nothing to do with God. I can read 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4, and it is talking about me and who I was while I was quote unquote a Christian. While I proclaimed that I knew the Lord and all that jazz, I could not have been farther from it in my walk because I had hardened my heart to any correction. I had deafened my ears to any words from the Holy Spirit. I had just turned it off because it was easy. I couldn't live my lifestyle and have the volume up. 
So I had to turn the volume all the way down. So Matthew 13, 14 and 15. And with the ears, they can barely hear. And with their eyes, they have closed. I closed my eyes to the sin. I ignored it out of sight, out of mind. I mean, it wasn't out of sight. I was literally doing it, but you know what I mean? I wasn't near the Bible. I wasn't near any of that. So I had hardened my heart. And what started as just not being walking with the Lord day by day became a 15 year sabbatical. <laughs> it wasn't a sabbatical, but you know, it, it, what started as my, I mean, my, my faith was there. My walk was there. I was saved in high school. I believe I, I knew the Lord. I had an experience. I didn't have a relationship. I've talked about that. Like I didn't go further. I didn't have the education to go further. And clearly I didn't have the desire to go much further because I didn't take it further. I thought I was good. And that kind of goes back to like the, how you're raising your children, how I was raised. Again, not blaming anybody. This is hundred percent my responsibility. My walk is my own and your walk is your own. But I got saved and I kind of thought, well, that was it, man. It's just rainbows and Skittles from here on out. Like, you know, like you're just, I'm just going to be happy and on fire with the Lord. But that is not the case. That is not truth. That is not what the gospel says. That's not what scripture says. Especially if I'm not doing anything to get closer to him. If I'm just relying on a Sunday experience, if I'm just relying on someone else to do the heavy lifting, to do the reading, and then to feed me like a baby bird on Sundays, then I'm not going to get it. And I didn't get it. And my life was a re- was reflection of that position spiritually. And so I hardened my heart, dramatically hardened my heart. It took my dad getting life, like, like took my grandmother dying of cancer, my grandfather and my father getting diagnosed and my father on his deathbed that forced me out of my hardened heart. Like that was the level, like talk about a Pharaoh moment where let your people go. You know, like my heart was hardened and I didn't want to leave Vegas. And it took the Lord to do ridiculous things to get my attention. And thank God he did. Like, thank the Lord. It went through all that. It sounds crazy to say, and I've, and I've said it before. It sounds crazy to, to, to look at my dad's cancer and his, and his death as the greatest gift God ever gave me, but it, it it's, it saved my life. It saved my soul. I know my dad said repeatedly he'd do it again and over and over again to get me out of out of out of Vegas. And so I, I thank the Lord for him not giving up on me. I thank the Lord that he broke the hardness off my heart. He softened it. You know? Like the end of that scripture in 14 and 15, Matthew is like, hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Well, that was me. Like I was able to turn. Thank the Lord. I was able to turn back to him and repent and get in right standing. But I think about what I was doing during that time. What could have been said to me? That's the, that's the, that's the thing I always think about. Like what could have been done differently for me to have changed my path? And I don't have a good answer. That's the, that's the worst part about looking back. I'm not looking back to like, like memorialize it. I'm not looking back. I like, you know, like I said, Luke 962, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I don't look back and glorify it. I don't look back and remember it fondly or any of that. I look back to think about what, what is the lesson to be learned? I look at my walk and, and where I went astray and try to see 
that and others that are doing the same thing I was doing to have empathy, one, sympathy, two, or both. I don't know what the, I know empathy is when you, you can experience yourself and sympathy is you feel bad for someone, but like having a, I've been there. So how can I pour into that person wisdom? How can I pour into someone who is going through exactly more or less what I was going through in terms of a living for yourself, living the flesh and, and get them back right with the Lord besides prayer, besides the gospel. And again, it's not me. It's the Holy spirit. You know, let's go ahead and acknowledge that from the word go. This is not Daniel. You are the savior. No, 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 I'm just here to, to be a conduit. But I also pray about that. Like, Lord, like what, what can I deposit in someone that's going to benefit them? Like what seed can I plant? And I, I think personally, what I kind of always fall back on is the seed is my walk, is my life. What does my life look like now? Like, what does my day look like? How am I living as a, as a light and an example in a darkness, in the darkness, in a dark place to what, what the glory, the glorious lifestyle is like being in the Lord, like, like what that feels like, how that looks so different from the world. That is my responsibility. That is that is what I do is every opportunity to witness, to share. And I, I've got to get way better than that. Like obviously the recent podcast where, where uh, Clay and show and George were traveling and they prayed over that dude. Like that's such powerful stuff, man. That's such great stuff. And all of us have that in us. We all have that opportunity. If we're, if we're filled with the Holy spirit, that's readily available for us. Miracles are readily available for us. <clears throat> like we said before, miracles with the gospel are, are just events, but we're not called for events. We're called for influence. You know, our pastor said um, a great line. He says, you were created for significance, but you were given, you were born again for influence. And I thought that was a really cool thing to say is that we were created for a, we were created for significance, but we were born again for influence, for influence for the kingdom. And so I go back to the hardening of the heart and the people that I love in my life that I know have a hard heart like that. I don't want to hear it heart. Like don't bring that near me heart. Like we've had this conversation for years now, decades now. Stop. I'm done with it. That kind of heart. And so I was just, I was, I was convicted about it this morning when I was praying. I'm like, Lord, like, 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 man, give them an encounter, give them an experience, like expose yourself to them. Like I, I want so badly for them to, to know you. I want so badly for them to have a desire for you. I want so badly for them to have a repentance for their, for where, how they've been living and an awakening to understand who you are and what you are. That they're your Lord, no matter what, but are you going to be their savior? You are, you're, and you're waiting right there. You're, it's not like you're not there, but you go back to the scriptures and it's like, well, they are right here in it. You know, it's just, it's, it's brutal to hear it when it's people you love. And I mean, you know, obviously the world has a hard heart, but when you, when you see people that you truly care about, you're like, man, I, I don't know how to witness that person. I don't know how to change the way they think about the Lord. Cause they have such a weird lens on how they view the Lord and how they view faith and how they view people that have it. And I don't, you know, so I, I, I was just thinking about that a lot today, this morning. Like, what is the next step of that? You know what? I, I, and it's prayer. It's, it's, it's just staying, staying in the gap, standing in the gap for them with intercession. 
but in that process, that's where I started looking back on what I went through and what would have been the difference for me. And I had people praying for me. Like my mom was praying for me. Like my dad was, I'm pretty sure was praying for me. I think, you know, there was, there was spiritual covering in my life. I was raised properly. I was raised in the faith. Um, again, like I've said plenty of times, I, I don't, I never had a relationship. I never had any of that. I had experiences, you know? So when you look at the parable of the sower of the seed, I was the one where the thorns and the thistles choked me out. I received the word. I knew it, but I let the world take over my faith. That's, that's what I was the example of that seed. I wasn't the one that burned down the sun. Like I didn't have deep roots. I didn't have any roots, I guess. Well, I'm a combination of seed two and three. Let's put it that way. The one that got choked out like that had shallow roots and died in the sun. And the one that got choked out by the world. I think, I think when I was in high school, you know, I don't know. I had my moments where I, I, I really was not on fire, but I thought I was on fire. And I really, I really did have a passion for the Lord and excitement, but it never led to relationship. That's so funny. Like it never led to relationship. All those times, all those experiences I had, which were significant and they were great. And I, and I thank the Lord that I had them because there were things I held on to when it was dark. When it was dark in my life, I held on to those moments. They made me feel better. Now, you know, again, going back to like, the, was I saved? Was I not, you know, where was I at in my walk? I, you know, that's not, I can't, I can't judge that. The Lord can judge that. <clears throat> I know what I believe now is different when I believed back then. Um, I know that my my thought towards the the word has changed dramatically. I know that my conviction towards the word has changed dramatically. I know that the flippant nature of my tongue has changed dramatically. And these are all, I think, are fantastic things. And I thank the Lord for the levels that he's allowed me to keep continuing to rise in. You know, he's not kept me at the same place. Or let me rephrase that. I have not stayed at the same place. I've actively pursued and gone after. Not as well as I should. I always think there's room for improvement, clearly. We're never there. But I love the fact that the Lord will keep, keeps inviting me up to more and more and more, you know, from glory to glory to glory. And I, I love that. And that's when I, I look at people that I, I'm like, how do I talk to someone who I love who does not love the Lord, but also have them, you know, have them. Uh, you know, not, not from a preachy place, not from a place of I'm better than you, not from any of that stuff, you know, just, and that's where I've kind of resigned to my life has to look like something else. Like there has to be a tangible. So funny. Am I, uh, <laughs> uh, one of my, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the people that I'm talking about in this story knew me back when I drank edibles you know, you name it. I was all about that life and uh, asked me about that. I was like, are you still? And I, I was like, no, man, I haven't, I haven't touched a substance. And since I can't even remember since, you know, obviously since a little bit after we moved to Texas, I've been straight up sober um, from all things. And he was a little bit taken aback. Like, but seriously, you know, cause I was, if you had known me back then, you would have been, you'd probably be a little bit shocked. <laughs> yeah, boy could go hard. Um, but it was, it was great to have that confidence to say, no, man, I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. And I've, I've never been healthier. I've never been happier. I've never been in better shape physically and spiritually. I've never had a, you know, I've never been in more of a great season than I am now. I love it. And, and that's what I got to rest on. That's what I got to share. That's what I got to live like. And then my entire 
trip was with that. You know, like I, like we had a great time. It was a wonderful trip. And it's, it's amazing how when you're walking with the Lord and you're walking with the, and, you, and those around you are walking with the Lord, you just walk with a different pre- presence, a different purpose, a different priority set. It's just awesome. And I just don't, oh man, hardening of the heart is such a brutal thing because it's, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous to hear how people talk about the Lord who don't know him. It's so crazy to hear people just flippantly say whatever, you know? And you're like, do you even, like even scientifically speaking, like, do you just think that this whole place is crazy like accident? Like the world's just nuts? Hold on, this is, I got a vacuum going crazy, of course, when I try to record. No beat that, go home. Um, anyway, so this probably be a timeline for the end. But I was thinking about hardening the hearts and like think about it for yourself. Like, like what what have we hardened our hearts to? What have we what have we what have we changed in terms of our priorities? What does that what does that look like now? So I don't know. I hope this wasn't too much rambling. Just a thought. It was on my heart. As you know, if you're listening to this, pray for my thoughts on how to, you know, witness to these people. And it's just, if you can pray for them as well, just like the people that I, I just, man, it's just, it really is a burden. Like it, it hurts my heart to know how they feel about the Lord. It's just such a bummer for people that I, you know, I know people feel that way, but when it's so close to home and you hear someone talking about it, it's like, it became so real in that conversation, just hearing it. And it became such a, like, I was like, Oh my Lord, if they only knew, like forgive them. But like, have an experience with them, Lord. I, I just, I really do pray for that. I really do want that for them. Anyway, this was all about Harden of Hearts. I hope you have a great day. And I will, oh, uh, again, big shout out to Diff Mix. Thank you, Diff Mix, as always, for all the things you do on this. I, I love you guys so much. This is such an appreciation. Thank you. And whoever's listening, again, thank you. I know I'll say all the time, this isn't for you guys, but whoever does listen to this, I truly do hope and pray that there is something that you're receiving from it. I know it's much for me and I listen to it and it's in my diary, but I, I, other day I saw that people were listening to this. I actually saw the back end on accident. I was looking at something just to check a transistor file and people are listening to this and it's, and it's, and it's crazy. And I really do appreciate anybody who's listening to this, who receives something from it. I pray the Holy spirit truly speaks into your lives and that my struggles and my weird thought process has an impact on you in some positive way. Um, that's amazing and humbling and Again, all those things. So you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.